Dog Notebook Podcast, a podcast featuring the stories, trips afield, and legacies that are left following great gun dogs and classy bird dogs. I'd like to thank my sponsor, the Pride Dog Food, for their excellence in performance dog nutrition and Orvis for allowing me the written platform for my outdoor writing. I'd also like to thank the other friends and contributors that make this gun dog community such a great thing. Thanks for listening. This is the next episode of the Gun Dog Notebook, hosted by Darrell Smith. This is Darrell Smith and Oh, okay. I am Ashley Smith. Ashley Smith of four almost four weeks now. Four weeks, four weeks, four weeks, four weeks. Um guys, I, we we've been literally married a whole month and we already taken Almost. Almost, yeah. But we've been taking some adventures in the Three short weeks that we uh, we've been together. So, one of those adventures, as much as I've been talking about it, was going to Alabama, to Sylacauga, to Purcell Farms for the Orvis Game Fair. Woo-hoo. Right? Did you have fun there? I had so much fun. Like, I had a blast. I am excited to take the family back. We've talked about that. Uh, We called um, our parents on the way home and we were like, we have to bring you guys here. It was an absolutely beautiful experience. Okay. It was an absolutely beautiful experience. So, what I want to do with this particular episode, and I'm thinking I'm going to do one more episode with, um, a buddy I met down there uh, by the name of Jimmy Mitchell. And I'm thinking I'm going to do a part two to the uh, Purcell Farms um, experience. <laughs> I think we can call it a whole experience. Oh, gosh, yeah. This could be many parts. It's just so, so much. So, yeah. All right. It's a full weekend. It, it literally was a whole weekend. Um, and there were a lot of different components, a lot of different moving parts, I guess, that were there because we had the Range Rover, which you got a chance to try a Range Rover off-road. I did. So we do a lot of off-roading, but every time we off-road, Darrell is driving. So this time I was driving and he was riding. So I would really like your perspective as my very first off-road, off-road passenger. Congratulations, husband. <laughs> you um, were the first to ride with me while I was off-roading. So what did you think of my off-roading skills? Well, um, number one, keep your eyes on the road. Hey, <laughs> this is what we're not going to do. Keep your eyes on the road. I was talking to you, and that was before we started off-roading. That was before we were heading. This is true. Okay. I just had to give you a little grief. You you actually handled it. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I I 
I think I'm with you. I was fully expecting to do the type of off-roading that we do in the the uh, the tundra. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's definitely not how you're supposed to operate that vehicle. That's what I was thinking. No, um, the tundra tundra off-roading and and, and Range Rover off-roading are literally. Two really great experiences, but <laughs> night and day as far as the passenger and the operator. But I totally loved it. it the Range Rover is luxury, but grit, style, and sophistication, yet functional. Um, if you guys, anybody, if anybody knows, can reach my husband, can y'all tell him that I want one now? <laughs> Um, you know, send him a comment or a DM, say, hey, you got her that Range Rover? No. Um, yes, I'm very serious. Whatever, man. <laughs> um, but anyway, it was just really great. It's basically a very automated experience. We, um, the Orvis Game First set up an actual off-road course, and of course, um, all the Land Rover guys were in the building, and they are super, super, super knowledgeable about the mechanics and all of the information and knowledge behind why you do what you do. So they're like, okay, move it into this gear. Right now the suspension is doing this because you need more lift when you do this. If, you, if you're gonna have the car on the left side, it's gonna be high on the left side, below on the right side, I want you to do this. The computer's doing most of the work, but I'm a bit of a nerd and proud of it. I love mm-hmm. knowledge. So anytime I get to learn something, it just does something for me. I guess I'm just I'm just intellectually curious. My, my mom is a teacher, so it's just always how I've been. So I really enjoy just, just the lesson while I was driving as he explained to me what I was telling the computer to do, basically, because you're honestly just guide, gently guiding mm-hmm. it. You're telling it what to do, but the car was honestly navigating it. Yeah, the car was doing work. Yeah. Absolutely. So, if I were to give you a critique... um, I thought you were about to say, if I were to get you a a Range Rover. (laughs) You know what? And and let it be said, let it be known on air now. Let it be known. I do want to get you that Range Rover. Oh, did y'all hear that? Okay. I do. I was thoroughly impressed with the vehicle. It is recorded. All right. But I mean, I've always wanted to get you a Range Rover and you Uh wanted the G-Wagon. And I told you that I wanted to get you the Range Rover. So I'm glad you like it, honestly. Yes, one day we will definitely... And it was good enough for the Queen to drive in. They said that. You like the Queen of England. I do love the Queen. Who can't love the Queen of England? I like her too. She like she runs good gun dogs. Well, she does do that, but she's also like a boss. She is a whole boss. I would give her that. a boss the Queen is. Yeah. But back to Orbit's Game Fair. Yeah, we are getting off on a tangent. Um... So, first of all, as far as Range Rover, I think you handled it well. Um, I like that your first off-roading experience was in a Range Rover, um, just so you can kind of see the, the the dynamic style of that vehicle. Um, I've seen it before, you know, just being in this particular community, you know, you see stuff like that. Um, not that anybody else wouldn't, but I think a Range Rover for its capabilities, like I do, I want to get you the Range Rover because I want to be able to take our kids out, 
you know, and say, you know, like you go hunting with me, but I do want to be able to take our kids to what we want four. So all four of them out there and, you know, with the dogs and stuff like that, I can pack everybody up and... And we can still ride in... in it, it's functional enough for us to do what we have to do, but it can still be comfortable right. and things for the family. No, I, I really... Minus the fact that it's just a beautiful car, we just love it because it honestly, we talk about how we are such... We're both adventurous souls, but mm-hmm. we like to adventure in different ways. Um, we don't share the same passions, but we support each other in our in that kind of fun polarity in a way yeah. I wouldn't even say it's polarity it's more so just we just have different we just have different interests yeah um but in that we when we, when we, when we thought about this car we think it's like the perfect mix of representation of, of both of us mm-hmm. you know so yeah I think so so that was fun so we did that I didn't get to paint a pumpkin so I'm honestly um I think we should do that. I think we'll we'll just get the pumpkin opportunity a little late because I wanted to. I just wasn't thinking about it too much. No, we did lots of other really cool things, but we can just um we can paint a pumpkin at the house. We got a few more days. Yeah, we'll cut one up and stuff like that. We we gonna paint it. We might as well carve it. All right, let's do it, Mr. Smith. Might as well carve it. So again. Back to Purcell Farms. Yes. Well, they had pumpkin there. <laughs> they did. They did. They did. But I mean, I want to. There was so much to talk about. I kind of want to just stay on track because there was a, a. Again, I'm gonna break this up into a, a couple of a couple and maybe a few, but I think a couple different episodes. So, one of the things that you know really stood out to me was. The fact that, number one, all of the representatives for each of the companies, like, they visibly uh, stood for, like, I can tell they stood for what the company's, you know, what the company ideals are. Like, for instance, um, just to kind of shout out the Covey Rise people. They were awesome. They were really cool, man. And that's my, my personal favorite magazine. And, uh, like, my ultimate favorite, you know, Gundog Magazine. Yeah. Uh, not Gundog Magazine. I'm sorry. That's, those are, yeah, mm-hmm. but my ultimate favorite uh, hunting upland magazine with Gundogs in it. Right. Um, and just to be able to talk to them and see it and then see the Bourbon Plus folk uh, representation there, too. Yeah. And to know how all of those things kind of come you know those two brands and those two companies come together and they're two different magazines but they're manufactured under the same folks okay you see what i'm saying that's why that's why i hopped on the bourbon plus thing when you when i got that magazine the first issue you did um i was like real excited about it you were because it's it's a covey it's essentially a covey rise production without it being a covey rise production okay same folks it's you know very similar look and image and appealing, you know, that type of uh, thing that I, that type of look that I like, but at the same time, it's just, it's just bourbon and it's all kinds of different types of bourbon and stuff like that. So I'm actually going to be going back through that magazine. I, I kind of flipped through it just to see it. 
Mm-hmm. I haven't read all of it. I, I like dissect magazines. Yes, you do. <laughs> it, it takes me a very long time. I actually have two Gundog uh, magazines on my desk right now because I didn't quite finish not the last issue, but the one before that. Jerry and Preventos issue and I, I'm like right at the end and I'm trying to move into the next one so anywho with Bourbon Plus I'm going to look through that stuff and I want to find some of those new you know whiskeys hey guys sorry my mic cut out for a second um, while we were recording so just to kind of give you a bit of an update um, we were still talking about the Bourbon Plus uh, folks, and I was actually talking about a, a gentleman uh, that makes guns and was up there at uh, at uh, the game fair. So just kind of follow along with me. My apologies for that part. Pouring the Coke in my whiskey. Remember uh, the older gen- the gun maker that we uh, met? Yeah. Um, hold on. I got his name. It was Bob Hunter. Remember those really nice guns he was showing us? Old, old, older guy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a gentleman that still drinks bourbon. Did you see how classy he was? You see where that hat sat, like, slick tilted on his head? Uh, Darrell Smith, I do not like whiskey. Okay. However, that is okay. Okay. All right. All right. Well, just understand, it's people like him that uh, make me want to research the, the the bourbons and the whiskeys and stuff like that. You definitely. I hey, this is a lifestyle, man. You can't have bird dogs and gun dogs and not drink whiskey. This is a lifestyle. <laughs> you gotta see. you gotta buy it. I get yes. You have to drink the Kool Aid. No, no, no. Kool Aid whiskey. Well, I meant the proverbial. No, I know, I know, I know, colloquial, colloquial no proverbial. <laughs> oh, you giving them the real right now? This is really, when I tell you that Bourbon Plus stand just really did something for me. Yes, you really did. You you hopped on that issue as soon as it came out. I certainly did. Hot off and the press. we just, I mean, you know, little, little slick promotion, I guess. Go ahead and subscribe now. You get a whole year's worth of issues for $35. That's pretty good. You know how much I spent on my Cubby Rise magazines because I, I didn't know. subscribe? Right. I'm I not going to say how much exactly I did. Exactly how much you spent. Right. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> on everything. Right. You do. <laughs> But I spent some money on Cubby Rise because I, for some odd reason, go and I buy every month's issue. But for some odd reason, I never send in the subscription form. And I've even filled it out. But yes. I just... Okay, well, let's put that on the to-do list for Yeah, this Cubby I'm Rise. write it down. Cubby Rise. Because it makes sense to have a subscription. Now, they did have Cubby Rise. The Cubby Rise folks, they did have the premiere issue up there. And I'm not going to lie. Wow. I'm not going to lie. I was going to go behind your back and buy that premiere issue. And that thing is like $50. Oh, my goodness. I was going to. What would our premarital counselor think about that? 
I was going to. I had but to. she didn't do it. Well, you so. were somewhere doing something else, and yeah. I didn't have the time to like you run over. And exactly your phone was dead. Like, your phone was dead. Your phone was I dead. I was being present and enjoying the beautiful atmosphere. But and I was being present away. and about to present myself with a new uh, with the first issue. Somebody of, stop him! Stop him! <laughs> well, honestly, though, you do. I will say with copyrights, though, with you buying. A new issue every month. Mm-hmm. I think Darrell has like rituals, and I don't even know if he consciously knows that he does it. But like, I don't know if you guys know this, but Darrell. It was every like, two months, first of all. Every okay, two months. But go okay. ahead. All right, I'll get my get my facts straight. Um, Darrell is a bit of a coffee snob. I'm not sure if he has shared that openly. <laughs> But, like, he really, really, really gets into coffee. And anything, really, anything he gets into, he really gets into it. And I think you, back to the ritual thing, why I brought the coffee up, because you have your morning, like, kind of coffee ritual. But you, I think you like the experience of going to Barnes & Noble Mm -hmm. to get it. Like, it's a whole thing. I'm not going to lie, I do. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Because we're both, honestly, avid readers. We read different subject matters, obviously. We kind of have show and tell and share and care time and pillow talk as we talk about what we've learned. Um, But it's a thing. We're fulfilling our Kimbrough marital counseling goals. (laughs) Talking about our interests. Look at us. We're doing well. Um, But he'll say, babe, like, copyright issues. We got to go. We got to go to the Barnes & Noble. And it's a whole thing. So that is why you haven't subscribed. Because I think you thoroughly enjoy that experience that's just my I opinion. actually do I, okay maybe that w- I think you just dissected my uh, my Covey Rise experience yes I would thoroughly love to maybe that's what it is because I filled out the forms well don't you worry darling we are going to subscribe to you well we don't wait wait I'm, we wait, 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 wait 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 we don't even have to subscribe I just go buy them ah no because it's not giving Covey Rise the money now nah, we got to subscribe because I want to get like Barnes and Noble is getting that money. Well, no, 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 no. It it works out so that percentages and things like that. But okay, we'll as long as Covey Rise, you know, it it works out. Catches the check. It it, it, it the check kind of gets split in a couple. Okay, it's I just want to make sure. Relevant, but okay, we, we we we'll still subscribe. I think that that is the best decision for our household and um, our our desire to support the Covey Rise cast. So. If I subscribe, then my waiting experience changes. Because I try to time my reading in Covey Rise to uh, to space it out to cover the span of every two months. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Because I, I will. What I was noticing about the early issues of Covey Rise that I was reading, you know, I got a stack. Of, I actually did at your parents' house. Um, I need to go get the rest of them out of that trunk, but. Actually, it's so much gun dog. It's like a gun dog treasure tre- chest in that trunk. <laughs> that was tr- gun dog treasure chest in that <laughs> trunk. Say that five times fast. Good lord. Gun dog treasure chest. Gun dog treasure chest. Gun dog treasure chest. Gun dog treasure chest. Is that four or five? No, but you have to say gun dog treasure chest is a trunk. You just changed it. No, that's what. I, well, I think it's an an adjustment from what I said, but there was the trunk part in there. <laughs> Anywho, I ain't gonna do that. 
so, Cubby Rise. What I do, I have a actual like collection of Cubby Rises. So this is my Cubby Rise confession right now. Cubby confession. This is Cubby Rise confession. No, like that can totally be like a segment. Like a segment? Yeah, like Cubby confessions when y'all are like out in the field and what happened. Yeah. That might be something to... Cubby Rise Confessions. confessions. Let me, let me, no, not Cubby Rise Confessions. Cubby Confessions. Yeah. All right. Like, as a part of the Gundog Notebook? As a part of the Gundog Yo. Notebook. I know. Oh, all right. You can get people to dip to Let me see that pen to, real quick. Um, um, to confess. I want to I go back through that after, uh, at the end. And then, so I'm because doing some, I'm trying to like, organize it, like including thoughts at the end. Yeah. So we'll, we'll revisit the Cubby Confessions idea and what I will do is brainstorm a bit and if you want to write it down while we're kind of talking throughout the podcast that would be cool because I like the Covey Confessions thing now what I'm thinking as far as Covey Confessions before we get back to Covey Rise is I actually want to talk about my confessions I guess my my admission of fault during the hunt which hunt any of my hunts that I go on I actually have one for now for right now um, that I can open it up with but um, hold on one second let me write something down real quick no worries okay so while we're, I think this is the birth of a new segment, the Covey Confessions. Thank you. Right now. Woohoo! Thank you, go Ashley, team. for catching that. Go, wow. go, go, go team go Gundog team. Notebook. Go team Smith. Right, team Smith of the Gundog Notebook. Yeah. So, my first actual Covey confession. Mm. So basically, what a Covey confession is, first of all is the admission of guilt post a traumatic experience involving the dogs and the birds and the guns during the hunt. That's your confession. Yeah, that's mine. Okay, go for it. Do you have Covey confessions? You've been out hunting with me a few times. Do you have Covey confessions? Sure. Really? You got one? We're yeah, gonna do one. You go first. Alright. Ooh, y'all. She even got a whole confession to herself. I didn't even know she was thinking. You do know this story. You just Oh, you wanna put it on? Okay, 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 okay. I'll let you do it. But alright, so my cubby confession is it still bothers me that it might be a couple of them like short term well you hunt all the time yeah let's get get one all right because i'm like dang i man i i'm very critical on myself but anyway aren't we all yeah you are your worst critic yeah okay let's not delay this (laughs) yeah we're gonna edit some of this out (laughs) no i mean you know you know how we do I, I want I want to make sure that my listeners have a good time okay. with my crazy cubby confession. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I am upset 
that I have figured out. Like, I'm upset like Drake, I'm upset. Like, Scorpion album, I'm upset. Ow. Right. I am upset at myself for, I guess, teaching myself to decoy doves. All right? You were with me with one of these instances, and John... I don't think Josh was with me with this other instance, but it was that same hunt. So with that mojo decoy, uh, dove decoy that I have, and I think I hit dove season pretty solid so far. Been out a few times, had a few good shots, few good misses, quite a few good misses. But I have so far this season decoyed, meaning the dove is flying in just like a duck and it comes in to land, but it kind of flaps its wings and like hovers right there over my mojo decoy to see is this thing real before it lands. One of them landed the other one during the first hunt that Josh and I went on and, and one decoy right over my mojo my, my mojo uh, dub decoy spinning wing and I missed the shot and it was like 25, 30 yards away. And what that did was remind me today at the Orvis game fair, and we'll get into the, the not ski, the sporting clay shooting and how you thought I did, but it was one particular very easy shot during the sporting plays today that I meant. I just kept missing, and it, and it was ridiculous. Like I know myself, and I I'm all, I'm, I do all right for shooting, and I, I do all right, and. I had to ask Tyler, I was like, man, can you just keep firing that thing until I hit it? And I didn't want to take up too much of people's time, but just like that easy shot over the dove, <laughs> I, I I messed around and was missing that very easy shot on the clays today. And it just, every time I missed it, I kept wanting to reshoot it just because it kept taking me back to West Point where and 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 um, having flashbacks yeah like <laughs> and I'd be thinking about this stuff and it took me back to South Fork hunting oh, preserve where I've I decoyed two ducks this hunting not two ducks two dove this hunting season and dove are some pretty like challenging shots and I think I've like really learned and worked in things so far like well, hey, you, Mr. I have a response. Go for it. Here it is. You ready? Mm-hmm. Aren't the misses delicious? No, they're not. They taste really bad. No, here's why. Okay, they're. They Some have, taste really bad. Let me. Not all. Okay, maybe misses have a good aftertaste. How let's say this. Yeah, you because learn. There you go. But. Really, when the shooting instructor was working with me today, I did do a little shooting today. I don't shoot you shot? You shot? You shot. I got up there. Um, you shot. I shot? What is that? What is that? Yeah, I did shoot. What are you saying? I'm just making sure you... you, you I ain't gonna say you got out there. You shot, which was a step forward. But I want you to roll with me now. No. All right. I tried. I I shot my shot. Yeah, yeah, you shot. (laughs) How about that? Um, So what I was going to say is that I enjoy 
missing when I'm learning something. Not because I want to miss, because duh, I want to win. We all want to win. But, you know, the sayings aren't sayings because, you know, old sayings are sayings because they contain gems of wisdom. And at the end of the day, you want to, you want to practice to the point of failure. Like that's the point of practice so that you can find out where the holes are, what you're not doing right and can um, correct them. So I really enjoyed working with an instructor today who could show me where I was failing because as a student and, and you know, having taught foreign language, just all of the learning that I have, I'm very grateful to have done in my life. One of the hardest things as a student is to actually know why you're not getting it. Because a lot of times students can't, you can't even pinpoint why you're failing. Mm-hmm. So for me, instead of getting caught up in the fact that I missed it, I spend my time being like, well, no, I didn't miss the whole thing. Maybe I turned my head a little bit, you know, like, uh, James, the shooting instructor, was explaining today. So no, mm. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't just blow it to smithereens. I messed up here. Right. Okay, so let me just focus, and then so you can increment and chunk your goals. Right. And from there, before you know it, you have a beautiful, complete picture. So I, I think you're being hard on yourself, which you knew you were. And um, I mean, I've seen you steadily take your numbers up at the range because you're mm-hmm. learning how to continue to fix it. And I think that's the journey, though. You'll yeah. you'll get better and better forever because I know you're going to want to do this forever. So. Well, I mean, I shot well this week, and I shot well today. I'm not going to say, like, I did not shoot well because I did make some pretty... Yeah, for sporting clays and it's set up like simulated birds, which I will say Purcell Farms really, their sporting clays course their uh, sporting clays course is actually just really nice I mean if I if it's I could extremely impressive I mean just the landscape and we'll get into that too but the landscape and then just the, the shots and, and the way that the clays were, you know presented you know mm-hmm. there were some pretty complex shots i'm not gonna lie like and and but what i i guess one thing that i'm trying to work on um and I, you may have seen this uh, earlier this week when i went shooting um i'm trying to i don't ever position my shotgun um i don't pre-mount it you know yeah you you yeah i, I hold it low barrel upward of course but hold it low as if I would be walking through the woods and any and I you know once I call pull I just go ahead and instinct shoot because yeah, you you know and I, I do that so intentionally that's probably what more like hunting yeah is that why okay. it's way more like hunting you would never pre you're not gonna pre mount a gun walking through the woods gotcha you know so what I like to do with sporting clays, with skeet, with with trap, with any kind of shooting, is instinct shoot um, or snap shoot. I think that's what they call it. Okay. And uh, for me to be actively working on that technique, especially today at Purcell Farms, uh, you know, I, I think I've made a few good shots, especially to have a camera behind me uh <laughs> your camera and the orvis camera i you know i uh, i hope i gave him something to work with you know um 
And even when we went, so we went back later to shoot with uh, Chris Edlin, Tyler Atkins, and uh, Joel. And I cannot remember his last name. Um, Joel is just cool. Joel, Joel the boss. What Joe was doing was uh, taking like very complex. How do I explain it? He was taking very complex uh, shots, like video camera shots, with a drone while we were shooting clays. And Chris Edlin made this really nice overhead shot. Like it, the the clay was delivered from overhead. Um, and Joel somehow managed to swing that drone around with the camera and then it exploded in slow motion. Oh, cool. Yeah, like that's kind of, you know, and I hope that that, you know, just kind of makes it, I don't know. It was just a lot of really, really, really cool stuff uh, that we saw, but I just really had a good time on the uh, Purcell uh, Sporting Clays course. Absolutely. I mean, it was, and just being up, if you ever get a chance to go to, to Purcell Farms in Sylacauga um, and you get a chance to shoot sporting clays, go to uh, Stand 8. <laughs> that was, go to Stand 8 and shoot off of that. It's like a mountain landscape in the background. And then just you can clearly see the uh, the clays flying and stuff like that. Now the wind will catch it. That'll throw it off because you're kind of up at a higher elevation. Um, but I mean, it's just like a majestic kind of scene. I agree that that's majestic. It was a majestic scene. I agree with that. Yeah. So you know, I uh, I just really enjoyed hanging out with the Orvis guys and um, I mean they just really 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 looked out Julia Tyler uh, Chris um, Mr. Bryant uh, it is so it, honestly it was so many folks yeah, there that you're read Orvis, Blake yeah <laughs> I, I, you guys are so representative of your brand um, if you guys feel like a family you operate like a family um, and your hospitality is out of this world. Uh, so, you know, I, I know we talked about this several times when we were in dear old Sylacauga, Alabama, but thank you so much mm-hmm. um, from these two Southerners from uh, for some really, really great uh, hospitality. So, yeah, I mean, it was re- the the grounds were just very well taken care of. Um, folks there just really made sure our whole experience was just you know just top quality and even the shooting like I said the shooting is very realistic um I have I've been to a couple of uh sporting clays courses but I've never shot on a course that you know that uh authentic to the uh the you know the, the actual, actual experience yeah mm-hmm. i've never shot on anything like that so i mean that was cool and so while we were there of course you mentioned james ross who 
you know, what I really liked about him as a shooting instructor was the fact that he could break down shooting as if it was simple math or baseball. That's how you know when you're a phenomenal teacher. Yeah. He's phenomenal. That was that was really, really cool. And he literally, I've never been able to make sense of distance and how much to lead in front of an object, you know, in front of the clay mm-hmm. before uh, before you pull the trigger. I've just always instinct shot and I just kind of developed a, a knack for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but when he explained it and showed it to me like in, you know, like little finger widths, I guess. Yeah, I mean, he was explaining. He broke it down. I was like, what? And he had a few baseball references. You know, you wouldn't look at the tip of a bat. You know, if you want to hit a baseball, you look at a baseball and swing through. Right. You know, um, one big thing that he kept saying uh, that I've always had a thing about it. You've heard me say it before was miss ahead. Miss yeah, ahead, miss ahead. He stressed that. You can't because it just makes sense. Like it, it just really makes sense. And well, it made sense to me once he started explaining it, like from a mathematical and physical physics perspective. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, for those who are shooting gurus, I know this is not going to be mind blowing to you, but as a a, a for real novice not like a fake novice <laughs> I'm, I'm a real real novice um, he just made it make sense to me because he, he really described it honestly like a parabola yeah. and understanding you know what we all know that what what goes up must come down we all understand the law of gravity but understanding the path that the object takes and these are things of course that I learned in school but to see it in action um like that was was just really illuminating but understanding when the target is at its slowest point and so you have your and correct me if i'm wrong because i'm just remembering Mm -hmm. you have a better chance of hitting it at its highest point because that's when it's at its slowest as as it's at a climax and it pauses for a second it pauses before it completes the problem and come back down right so that um, was very vivid and always to me. looking at the the corner. Remember when he was saying aim small, miss small. Right. Yeah, you were doing that. Right. I was watching you from behind. You were doing that. You always someone yes, watching from was, behind. Yes, I was. Oh lord. <laughs> Y'all. Oh my gosh. She's she's <laughs> she is my wife. I'm just kidding. I'm not kidding. I walked into that though. You did. I walked into that. I finally get you. This guy gets me out. That's what she said. Um, yeah, I'm I'm a middle Back schooler at with you. the. That's what she said. Back like, at I'm, you, buddy. Yeah, that's what she said. Anyway. Um. So I. Uh. Yeah. So that was very illuminating. Um. To, for me and to me, and I really appreciated that. Uh. It just it just made sense. It's all math. It's all math, and it's yeah. all physics. So that was. Really and cool. I was terrible at math, and I still understand it. You were. I not- copied off your test like we all. I keep saying everybody. You did. I copied well, off your test in Mr. I Brown's didn't class. Know- I did what I had to do. I hope Mr. Brown listens to this and hears you. His son goes to Westlake. Right. Um. So for me, what I what I didn't know when we were growing up is that this guy was cheating off my my test in math when we were in middle school. But he told me in our adulthood, and I was like, really? Yeah. So. Yeah, I had to get through Mr. Brown's math class. I was terrible at algebra. It was like algebra two. Was he teaching it? I think it was algebra two. It was like it was it was not basic. We were taking like algebra two in like eighth grade or something, 
Um, it was pretty complex. I mean, like I kind of got algebra, but that was just, yeah, I was just bad. All bad. Just all, Mr. Brown tried so hard to work with me too. I was just bad. So I figured, well, you know, Miss old Ashley over here like to raise her hand and answer all the questions. So I'm going to sit right next to her. Yeah, I was thinking you were being my friend. I was being your friend. <laughs> I definitely was. I needed a friendship. Yeah, I also you needed did. your answers. Aha, uh-huh. we were buddies. I did not know you were cheating on my paper. But yeah. I'm glad that helped you get through math. Hey, and I, I wouldn't be oh. here with a master's degree if I couldn't get through eighth grade. <laughs> had to do it I, I, okay I think that's a little bit fine I'll take it alright I'm just saying okay so um just kind of bring it back in James Ross you are a fun podcast person me? yeah I like getting off track sometimes it's kind of funny but shooting with James Ross just made sense I and I, I think when you come down here and you go shoot at the Clay's range that I shoot at, like, you can kind of get torn apart. You can. And I'm a pretty tough... I, I think I'm, a, I'm, you know, not to put my brag or nothing, but I think I'm a pretty just thick-skinned kind of person um, at times. And so where I'm at, you know, Miss Judy will rip you apart. Yes. <laughs> There's a, a... What do you... what? I'm not sure. She just pulls the place. She operates the place, yeah. Uh, There's kind of like a hometown uh, lady who really gets all everybody together when they come up to the range. She shows them. Yeah. Yeah. And she's just, she's a tough cookie. She's a tough cookie. So. She's, she means well. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. She just, you gonna, you gonna get better one way or the other. Right. Um, so, I mean, just talking about that like I just really learned a lot from James Ross um it like he's literally a world class shooting instructor and we got a chance to hang out with him yeah <laughs> like you know, just, just meet really amazing people yeah so, we did, so okay so we did the the driving course we did shooting Darrell did two rounds I went out on the first round um, when when um, Julia was with us and then the guys kind of went out later for a second round and they just, just hung they out just, they just brought it up and had a good time and then um, from there what else do we do we just, so, so also you mentioned this earlier the brands that were represented there um, Tom Beckby yeah awesome 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 Uh-oh, let me switch my hat hold on are you really going to put on your Tom Beckby I, I got to put on my, my, my Tom Y'all, Beckby my husband is so funny Yo. like, he's so dramatic like yeah. He after I took off my Orvis Cup uh, sporting place hat. Yes. Anyway, go ahead. What His what hats am I? matter to him? Like this man loves hats. I love hats too, but he really loves hats. Um, I, I was gonna say uh, shout out to uh, the Tom Beckby crew. You guys are awesome. Also, just like, <laughs> that, just they were like, cool. Yes, just like Orvis. Yeah, they just were like cool. Like Cubby Rise. Tom Beckby is a fantastic, also very smart guy who, who was also a lawyer, so we had to have a little lawyer conversation. Um, so that was cool. Um, I um, commend you guys for just being great and um, creating such a great brand. Uh, mm-hmm. The clothing is absolutely beautiful. Um, y'all had this kind of burnt orange color that was really calling my name. We had some really beautiful gloves and some pieces like that. Some 
beautiful vest. So we'll definitely uh, be back. Get bottom top back me to get some more gear, but I uh, that was actually my very first purchase there. I had to. I'm sorry. I know that was a nice. So this is for all the married couples out there, and and I say this also from a novice perspective, considering that our marriage is not even a month old yet. But you know how you like go somewhere with your spouse and you're like okay this is the budget this is what we're not going to do this is what we're going to do then you get there and one spouse is like but this hat though <laughs> yeah i did do that and then the worst thing is like okay so we're at this game fair and so everybody has the same interest and basically love that he has so of course they're like please wife please mrs smith let him get the hat like all these guys were like let him get the hat and i was like really so of course we we we, we definitely got the hat and i'm glad we did yeah um because you're definitely really enjoying it it's good it looks, it's it's a swag hat it's what you say it's a that's a vibe it is it's a vibe it, it is, is a vibe. It really it is a vibe you are a cutie patootie it, it's a vibe you i look appreciate good. it it's it's you know because I like, I like I, I, seeing your beard come out of it. A little, little beard. You, you know, I love his beard. I had a couple photos you took, and I was like, man, this hat is nice. But oh, yeah, what you I, saw what my, I, my close-up photos? Yeah. yeah I, was, I was digging it. But it's it's the green one with the brown strap, and I, th- it's, I think it's the one that they had in Garden and Gun. And uh, it's just well-made. Like, it reminds me a lot of my other Stetson hat that I have. Mm-hmm. The black one. Mm-hmm. But honestly, I can wear it all year. The construction on it is amazing. I can, you know, bend it. And what I really like about the hat is I can see how I grabbed it the last time I wore it. <laughs> because you see what I'm saying? Like I can like when I grab it like that in the front where you spoke when you when you have a hat like this, for the folks that don't, please grab it, you know. By the folds where it's supposed to be, I, you know. I'm just saying. Oh, he's not only he is he a coffee snob, but he's also a hat snob and a dog snob. I am, a and bit. a whiskey snob, and what else do you care? Hey, it and is what it is. Dogs hunting guns. It is you what it is. Care like you're very, very meticulous in particular. Yes, yes. So. Anywho, it, it, as, as far as the Tom Beckby brand goes, um, Radcliffe was really, really nice. Um, I think the imagery for the, the, the company is just phenomenal. Like, I just like looking at their photos yeah. um, and their videos and stuff. And, you guys uh, do have great images. Yeah, like, it's really, really, really cool. Um but just the quality of the material, like it's, I, I, I can say this is now one of my new favorite hats. It's just a whole little, you know, thing about it. It's got a nice little energy. And um, yeah, I, I think that hat is definitely going to be one for the books, like one to, to, to stay around for a long time. And, uh, well, we'll we'll put it in your uh, in your hat spot in the closet on the hat rack. Okay. Well, we'll do that. I think we can do that. So. What else? Oh, also the food is phenomenal at Perso Farms. We oh, get yeah. a Very wonderful lunch, and uh, and the yeah, 
had, we had a good lunch. It was at a pub. It is, and he he had an old fashioned because he drinks whiskey, and I had a little, I had a margarita, and that was really good. And yeah. we had we just had we just had a nice nice just a nice lunch looking out over the grounds. It was really good. Right, 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 right. So one of the big parts of the whole experience was the Wild Rose demo, which you know I lost my mind. I got a chance to meet Mike Get in a candy Stewart. Store. Yes. yes. I got a chance to meet Mike Stewart and uh, Jay Lowry from Wild Rose uh, Kennels and Rye Glenn Gun Dogs. Like, their dog is the Covey Rise mascot, Sage. And Sage, first of all, that dog didn't move not an inch <laughs> on display. Like, it was just a very, very mannerable dog, that little dog, Sage. And I've seen it all over Instagram and stuff like that. But what, what did you think of the Wild Rose demo? And I, and I shared this with Mr. Mike Stewart uh, afterwards. I thought it was absolutely captivating. And that is, those are strong words for me in particular, because I know I always tell you guys this, but I just think it's important that y'all understand what, what vantage point I'm coming from, because I really, this is all very new to me. Um, didn't have an ex I know who Mike Stewart is because my husband is literally obsessed with Wild Rose he definitely started Ruger on Wild Rose I remember when he got the book I remember when we ordered it our we were still dating at the time I don't even think we were engaged because it was mm-hmm. it was a long it was it was a while ago and I remember when he got it he just was taking all these pictures and I came over that weekend to hang out and he was like look look at my new book so he's really used this um, so I know I knew how big of a deal it was for you to 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 meet Mike Stewart number one and number two to watch it work like that's a dream come true for you so I often approach these things as just excited to see you in your dream but Mike Stewart captivated me. So I stepped out of this kind of like support role and I was like, whoa, Mike Stewart's teaching me things. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. and I don't, you know, and I don't handle dogs or do any of those things, but he was so good and so knowledgeable and just so charismatic. Uh, the presentation was, um, oh gosh, I wish I had the picture up so I could tell you how many dogs were out there, but he had them split up. They were all... Uh, five or six labs, about five labs, four or five labs maybe, that if I can think, and then it was about four, four or five, five. Uh, English cockers. Right. That is a lot of dogs to control. Yeah, if it I remember really, correctly. There were a lot, a, and, it, and they were beautiful. Yeah. Like, they were, um, they were all either black or other fox red, and they were just sitting up there just looking... Mm-hmm. The cockers, it was a couple of like the black and brown. Yeah, they had a little, yeah. And so, honestly, just for me, that sight was captivating anyway to see 10 dogs just, just, what do we call it? What's the right term? At at place. At the time, Mike Stewart was walking around and all the dogs were Yeah, they were on place. They were, is it steady? Is Mm -hmm. that the right terminology? They were steady. They weren't distracted. There were lots of other dogs, lots of children running around, lots of people, lots of noise, lots of smells. And those dogs stayed in place and steady. On place, in place, and steady. And, um, so that was, that was really impressive. And then he, I, he went through his, I can't remember if it was five or seven. I have it written down. It was seven. Okay. Mm -hmm. Seven 
what did he call it? Seven rules for having a good, having gun, a good dog? gun dog. Something yeah, something like along that. that long shit. Something I haven't read lines. it in a while. Give it, you know, excuse me for not knowing from a wild rose. Okay. Well, I'm yeah. just saying how he called it was it seven. It was like seven rules of having a good gun. Dog. It's okay. Yeah. They know which. Yeah. So anyway, so he went through all of those and demonstrated it. For me, my favorite part was I, I've never seen. So of course, you guys know we have a yellow lab. So the yellow labs were very, very, very. I mean, not the yellow labs. Their labs were really, really, really good. But I'm used to seeing, you know, a a lab move, and I'm used to watching Darrell train Ruger. So that was captivating and phenomenal anyway but my favorite part honestly was seeing the little cockers yo work and who knew that I, are, these, are those the ones you call pocket rockers? little pocket rockers That's yeah the, okay, the, those are the ones you refer to as those okay i i understand that expression yeah. very clearly now number one and number two who knew and i think jay said it best because um, he also was doing the presentation with Mike Stewart. He said, if you are out and you're hunting with a cocker and you're not smiling, then you don't have a soul. Yeah. And when he said it, <laughs> yeah. and he said it before the cockers got started, and I laughed because A, it was funny. Jay's just funny. Um, however, I didn't really get it until I saw those dogs work. There's the cutest things. And who knew that something that small could jump that high and mm-hmm. run that quickly? And they be were beating that the lab. You guys, these cockers were so impressive. And this is coming from a person who like doesn't get into this. Like that's how I want y'all to know how impressive this was. I mean, they were I actually participated in the in the demonstration at a point where we um, I'm about five four. Uh, five four and some change and uh, there was another girl standing with me and we had to kind of hold up a fence so we were they gave us this I can't describe the material correctly but they gave us something to hold up for the dogs to to jump over it was pretty high at first we had it kind of low for the cockers and we put it high for the labs and Mike did it showed the demonstration where he brought the fence um, above his waist and mm-hmm. he, he was like so I'm 62 so you guys can you know have a perspective on how high the fence was mm-hmm. and these little cockers they were like oh let's try to let's try to like let's listen to cocker over mm-hmm. over the fence to get a bumper y'all to see this little dog take this had to be at least four foot jump would mm-hmm. you think that that's a reasonable that was a reasonable guesstimate close to four feet yeah right okay to see this little baby, little, they're not babies, but little bitty cocker um, who sits inches above the ground make that clearing mm-hmm. was absolutely phenomenal. And not only did they make that clearing, they were graceful. Like, mm-hmm. they're so cute. Like, mm-hmm. Mike Stewart, I mean, not Mike Stewart, Jay, you were right. I don't, I don't understand how you could watch them in action and not smile. So they brought true joy to my soul. So shout out. I love Ruger. I, I love our lab so, so, so very much. But I gained a love and appreciation for Cockers today. So shout out to Mike Stewart and Jay and Wow Rose for making it happen. Well, there it is. There it is. <laughs> now, and, and when I get all the dogs that I want, all the different little breeds, we work on getting a little English Cocker at some point in time. I don't know, okay. maybe. They're cool little dogs, though. Um, they are little rockets, and 
you know, people talk about Cocker Spaniels as if they're just like these wired dogs, but they, I mean, they were just very steady. Um, and, and that is due to a lot of training. Um, one of the things that I, one of the moments that I appreciated about, I guess it wasn't really a part of the demo, but I, at, when I went up to, uh, uh, Wild or when I got a chance to speak with Mike Stewart due to uh, Jay Lowry introducing me to him, let me be clear. Um, I got a chance to talk with those guys and, and I got a chance to kind of talk about why I started a Gundog Notebook and, uh, you know, what it was that kind of triggered that. And that led into, you know, me talking about my personal standard for what I'm looking for out of a, a good shooting dog, you know, and it was weird. Like, I don't know. I guess I, I, I've been doing this long enough to know what I'm looking for, minus all the tricks and hand signals and this and that. And, you know, I, like I said, trying to thread the needle here and do all kind of complex stuff. You know, I was just, I guess, you know, startled or impressed by myself because I was able to t articulate the fact that I just, number one, want a dog that is just obedient in, in the house, but also just has field manners, you know? And, and this kind of stuff kind of just rolled off my tongue, I guess. And then my second thing that I was looking for as far as my own personal standard was the game finding ability, you know? And that's just something I've been working on for a long time now. And just really making sure Ruger finds and retrieves game point blank period. I mean, he's a retriever. He's a Labrador retriever. You know, it's there's no reason why the expectation for that should not be very high. And then my third thing, and I guess I never really realized it until I started talking about it was, you know, when I'm looking for a dog, I'm looking for a kennel or a breeder that really loves and cares about their dog. You know, when we, when we got Ruger, I, I could tell that Melanie Oh yeah. Really, really, really spent some time on on that line and and you know the parents of that line. And it was just very interesting to me that despite all of these other crazy techniques and this and that, all I really, really, really want for Christmas is just a really <laughs> good shooting dog, you know, one that keep getting invited out to the shoots and stuff. And I think Ruger has, uh, I think Ruger has has gotten there. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but you know, I have to stop you because I, and I and I think you 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 are definitely your worst critic. You do articulate this all the time. Really? I, I guess have I don't you seen realize. Your notebooks? It. Yeah, maybe you just were I think you were a little starstruck to meet Mike Stewart. Maybe that's I think, what it was. I think that's fair to say. I hope you're mm -hmm. okay with me sharing that. I, mean, I think it just is what it, it is. is. Yeah. So maybe you were shocked at your ability to to say what you wanted to say, yeah. you know, in that conversation, because you are, you do have so much respect and deference for him. So maybe that's what it is, but I don't think it's it's you, because you articulated in your what your writing. It's always in the Gundam mm. notebook, and you're all. I mean, give me car rides. You've told me that exact same. Really, thing. I guess I just don't realize when I'm talking about it because it's just something I'm always actively thinking about. And you actively tell your wife, darling, tell me oh, all the time. Yeah, <laughs> this is true. <laughs> Um, you know, I'm just not one to want to just overhandle my dog. And with the Wild Rose demo, they weren't overhandling those dogs. Oh, absolutely not. They literally, it was, you know, one thing that I don't do with Ruger that, eh, 
you know, my opinion to the next. I mean, I I I release my dog on his name, and I can understand. And I, I mean, but I only have one dog. Yeah. You see, so I can do that, and for the most part, I only hunt with myself or you. Yeah. And so releasing him on it, but we're about to get this little pointer, and I'm gonna end up teaching him like a retriever for the first part of his, you know, training. I'm gonna have to differentiate that. Oh, okay. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it was something that they were doing, and and Mike Stewart, and it's it's mentioned in the Wild Rose book. I I absolutely remember reading that. Um, but Mike Stewart mentions like, look, if you got multiple dogs, you can't just call them, you know. I mean, you can just call them name by name, but you want to give them a name and give them a job. Yeah. So it for me, it'd be a Ruger back instead of just Ruger, which you know. Calling his name has worked for me thus far, but it just may be something I want to, you know, put in a piggy bank for later later on. You know what was cool? Also, he showed he like what he calls his adventure dogs. Mm-hmm. He did a demo with them and <laughs> watching the dogs pick up. He put some antlers out mm-hmm. uh, and. <laughs> Watching the dogs pick up the antlers was a sight and very funny to see because they approach it very cautiously because mm-hmm. they have to, they actually have to retrieve the antler by the base. Mm-hmm. And he was like, and Mike Stewart made a joke. He was like, see, they know not to get stuck. They've, they've made that, right. <laughs> that mistake before. So, you know, because usually labs are just like very fast, very quick. Mm-hmm. They they would run to it and they would look at it like, what all right, it? I'm going to do this. Right. But I know how to do this the smart way. Not gonna get me. <laughs> right. So they uh, picked it up by the base and brought it back. So that was pretty cool to see that. Yeah, and that's a very specific task too. It's a very specific task. Mm-hmm. He had them doing very extremely specific tasks, uh, including retrieving kind of household items and mm-hmm. showing them things like that. I mean, he was really it was it was really good. Right. Right. Well, I I think we and like can... specific household items. Oh wow. You went. I, I think say, I went to take him I think to, the, uh, to the bathroom. The, the you missed bathroom, all that. Yeah. I recorded it. It's really good. Okay, I have to check that out. I wow, I didn't, I didn't catch that part. Um, well, I mean, in summation, I just really think the whole Purcell Farms experience with Orvis and the game fair. I mean, you can't beat that. Nope. Everybody should go. Yeah. <laughs> They should. Yeah, I if mean, it was just very direct. Time, like, but if yeah. You're looking for a good time. If you're looking for good people, good food. Oh, they also had um, a, sh- a, a professional chef out there doing um, wild game cooking. We had wild game paella the first night, and it was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I guess I'm calling you out for being a snob on things, but I am a bit of a paella snob. I'd spent a lot of time in Spain, so I am a bit of a paella snob, and that paella that the the chef cooked mm-hmm. at the game fair was absolutely phenomenal. I've never had paella outside of Spain mm-hmm. that I would say was that good. So, very, very good. It, it was, had, it, it was. Had duck, and it was just, oh, it was, it was really it was good. good, yeah. Well, yeah. it was good, it was just good. Yeah. Well, um, I think we got through a good, you know, bit of the experience on Purcell Farms, and I just really want to be an advocate for for what Orvis is doing. Uh, and this, yes, is is very much so a shout out to them, but also just a recap of the experience. Uh, 
Ashley, do you have anything you want to leave with before we shut shop down? Sure. No matter where you are right now, no matter where you are in the world, in your life, I am sending you positive thoughts and positive vibes. And I have you hope you have a fantastic week, day, and just, just feel good. There you go. Yep. I hope y'all enjoy this. Um, I'll get it up tonight. You know, so you guys have something to ride in to work with on on this uh, good weekend. Monday fun day. Right. On this good week, not weekend, but Monday fun day. Monday, yes. Monday, Monday fun day's coming up. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Well, that is uh, some of my coverage from uh, the Orvis Game Fair at Purcell Farms in Silicon, Alabama. I will catch y'all later. Uh, look forward to doing some more episodes. And, you know, take care. Sweet home Alabama. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I was singing it the whole way there. Of Peace out, guys. All right, guys. That's the end of the Gun Dog Notebook. Talk to y'all later.